From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 233, and today I'm joined by filmmaker Jordi Saba. Jordi's latest film, Canadian Strain, is available on VOD. So we're sitting down to watch The Friends of Eddie Coyle. I'm Jeremy, and I have not seen this film. I'm Jordi, and I have seen this film. And you recommended this, and I was shitty and was like, it's too obscure of a film. Oh, not, yeah, not, realizing, not realizing that it is not necessarily, I'm just an idiot. And I uh, wasn't aware of it. That's fair. I only came across it like a year, maybe two years ago. So it's fair. It's like one of those, it's a Quentin Tarantino favorite film. Yeah. Like literally the character in this film is named Jackie Brown and that's where Tarantino, Jackie Brown comes from. That's where Jackie, it, Jackie Brown comes from the book that this is based on. Mm-hmm. And the first line in the book is Jackie Brown wanted some guns. So as tribute to this movie, Tarantino named the film Jackie Brown. The other thing about Eddie Cole is based on a book by George Higgins. I was going to say, I was confused. Yeah. It's not, when you said Jackie Brown, I was like, that's not Elmore Leonard, but Elmore Leonard was Rum Punch, which became Jackie Brown, that's which is right. probably a different character name. Now he, I'm getting confused. No, that's right. But Elmore Leonard let him change it because the books that these are based on are written by George Higgins, who's a district attorney. And Elmore Leonard at the time was writing Westerns and his agent said, hey, read this book, Friends of Eddie Cole. And Elmore Leonard read it and said, I'm writing crime. Oh, so amazing. basically, the reason he switched into Rum Punch and everything is because of the friends of Eddie Cole. So it's like this sort of full circle for everybody in terms of once Tarantino did Jackie Brown. Um, they went back to Elmore Leonard and went back to George Higgins. George nice. Higgins was a district attorney who turned writer. And, and he did I, a reporter as yeah, well. Yeah, and all I know is you said this is like the original Goodfellas. Well, type. this is like, so this was made in the 70s and people call it the realistic alternative to Goodfellas. So I won't say much more on that, but they say like, this is the, the real Goodfellas. Okay. The real Goodfellas. The real Goodfellas. Like the real Ghostbusters. Like the real, exactly. Like the real Goodfellas. (laughs) This is the alternate. It's considered one of the great films of the seventies for crime. Um, Mitchum's in it and it's like, and Peter Boyle, right? Peter Boyle. Yeah. Everyone loves, everyone loves Raymond. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which when you see him in this, you're like, that's not everybody loves Raymond. When I think Peter Boyle, I think dream team. Ah, that's my Peter boy. Totally. And and don't forget Rocco's in this, you know, the from The Godfather. Who okay. Gets shot in the eye. Oh. Uh, I can't remember his name. I know you're talking we're about. We're going to look it up while we watch it. But uh yeah, he's in it too. Okay, great. Well, I don't know much more than that and I don't want anything spoiled. Yeah, okay, I won't tell you any more than that. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good Yeah, I know that I know the setup which okay. made me even more excited and even more embarrassed that I was poo-pooing it at first. So I'm I'm very excited to watch. My son is going to watch with us. I don't know if it's appropriate or not for him to watch. We will find yeah, out. Yeah, it's pretty lull, actually. That's one of the cool things But it's about rated it. R. 
Yeah, it is rated R. Must be the language. It's a lot of language. He's, yeah, he's he's heard worse. A lot of swears. Not not so much violence. That's surprisingly, fine. which we can talk about later. It's he's seen like John that. Wick. He'll be fine. Oh yeah. Okay. Then this is yeah. This is nothing compared to John Wick. Okay. <laughs> this, right. This is rated G. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> this will not make me a worse father. No, 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 no. Doesn't make me. A it better. will maintain the standard you've already set. And or, and, and or he'll just leave. So he'll just be like, this is not what I was promised. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, I'll look forward to Ephraim's review, which we'll share with you when we come back. Okay. <laughs> He's popping in in the background. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Okay, so we just finished. We did. Uh, I... Really, really dug this. It's neat, eh? It's kind of so quiet. Yeah, well, it's it's so fascinating because it's got all those qualities of like, especially when you talk about like the real Goodfellas. Like Goodfellas, this movie literally on cocaine because it's like the music style where this film is like just stripped down, bare bones, none of it. But that's also the point. It's like. This feels, even like when the big twist comes at the end, so spoilers, um, that Peter Boyle is, is just another one of the rats, you know? I assume it was the gun guy that ratted them all out. Oh, right, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's not done with any like big like dramatic reveal, it's just another conversation Peter Boyle, another walk and talk for Peter Boyle in this movie. Yeah. This is all of his scenes are walk and talks. That is true. They're all walk and talks. Well, Eddie betrays someone and he betrays... Yeah, everyone betrays everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, at the end of it. So it has that extra layer that I really like. And I also just loved how simple... There's all these little um, robberies and, and schemes. I was I was really disappointed we didn't get to see that couple that wanted the machine guns. <laughs> I was really excited to see them rob a bank. Yeah, yeah, they were going to go Patty Hearst on somebody, right? Yeah, that was not going to end well. Yeah, no, no, no. It was not going to end well. It was not going to be a professional job. No. I, I was, I'm like, oh, please show me. But we didn't get to see that, so that's too bad. I, that's, that's the movie I'm going to make, the spinoff, showing those two people. Of what happened to them and their bank robbery. Well, yeah. they, and Eddie almost didn't get fingered, I guess, by the gun guy because... By Jackie Brown, because he would have thought it was... But I almost think, like, when you talk about the Tarantino reference, I like, those two characters are Honey Bunny and Pumpkin from Pulp Fiction. Totally. That's that... Yeah, that's probably what it... Yeah, you can see he probably ripped off... Yeah, that's a good point, actually. He probably took them. It feels like those two characters then go off and and meet up with Samuel L. Jackson's uh, character in Pulp Fiction at some point. They drove off, so someone had your idea, basically. Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino already did it, so I don't have to. You don't have to. It's done. So I love that. Just like, but it's I guess it's it's so rich in small characters that it makes me go, what what was that robbery like? Because what I love about the robberies that we see in this movie is they're all just so matter of fact. They don't. There's no big planning scene that we see to know what's supposed to happen. Everyone is just doing their job and doing it well. To even the the gun runner guy makes that great comment where he's like, "It's a tough life. But it's even fucking tougher when you're stupid." So, yeah, the Jackie Brown character. Uh, yeah, and they even have the scene in the diner, which you wonder, like, did Michael Mann just up the ante of this? Yeah. Right? Like, the two of them, the cop and, and Mitchum, Jackie, or, yeah, the cop, right? Dave Foley and, and 
Yeah, there's no oh. big score um, no. going on. Like, in literally, there's no like big score they're building to. Like, just one last job. There's none of that shit. Uh, there's no big... Like, the music is so... It's just like this kind of uh, very urban, jazzy kind of thing that just comes and goes. But there's no score driving the action or, or big set pieces. It's just so... Subtle and nuanced. Where I think my I'm gonna find out tomorrow morning. My son didn't give much of a review after we watched. Uh, I feel like he was probably it was probably a bit slow for him. Totally a bit slow for him. They don't make yeah. But don't. he watches like he'll watch stuff like he'll watch old Kurosawa films and be totally drawn in. But they're a bit more entertaining than this. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a bit more entertaining than this. Where this one almost feels like you're sitting there going, "Where's this?" You're you're just desperate for like that the structure. It's like where's the and to find it because the film is almost structureless. It does feel very much like a novel, right? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, they stripped it down. That's the old New York style, I guess. Now we're in Boston, but like those basic. Yeah. It's just people. So who's the Jackie Brown character from this? The gun dealer. Oh, his name is Jackie Brown. That's Jackie Brown. Ah. Yeah, Dave Foley's the cop. Yeah, Jackie Brown's the gun dealer. Jackie Brown needed some guns. Wanted some, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, so he's the Jackie Brown character, the gun dealer. Which that's still one of my favorite Tarantino movies. Me that's too. W- that's one of the most underrated ones. Like That's one of the ones people don't talk about as much. But it's easily his most nuanced and mature film that he's probably yeah. ever going to make. Yeah, it's my favorite. And you can see there's a lot of influences, the Robert Mitchum I'm just the characters, the like characters. the Ordell character. Yeah. Fucking Robert De Niro in that movie. Yeah. He's just playing a walking pile of laundry. Yeah, well, this is... Yeah, you can see the influence from this movie down to that movie. But the then Leonard. you go backwards to Jean-Pierre Melville, right? So they've all ripped off from Melville. The whole honor yeah. code, the doing your time, stand-up guy, the betrayal. It's all very... But I love this because this one has like some flashy, fun dialogue. But it doesn't slap you across the face the way that like a Tarantino movie does or these Leonard uh, novelize or adaptations where they're they're aware that the line is good and clever and so they put a little mustard on it where the like the really good lines here are almost just like thrown away yeah and you sit there to go and you sit there and go oh fuck that was a brilliant like quick simple little line like even just the way the robbers are talking to each other that the first i loved the first one where you go, where the, the guy just walks into his living room or dining room and his family is being held up, uh, how much that comes out of nowhere with those creepy bank masks. Very creepy. The only thing that bothered me with that scene was how much, like, the, the, the wife and the kids just felt like background extras that had <laughs> no emotion, nothing going on. Like, they just were, didn't seem like they were in the same scene. As their characters. Possible. Although the next bank manager said he's been robbed four times. So maybe mom and the kids, it's like their third robbery. Like, you, you never know. Like, not again. I just want to eat my cornflakes. Yeah, right? they know the deal. You just sit here. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Can I at least touch the spoon? Like, like my cereal's getting soggy. Yeah, call your teacher. You're going to be late again. Yeah. yeah. Another bank robbery. Uh, yeah, it was stripped down. It's basically an indie movie in the 70s. I mean, they had a bit more money than our version of indie movies, but it was... But not like, much. Not much. Peter Yates you, basically had nothing, no even, money. Even the, the scene uh, at the NHL game, like, they might have stole that. Yeah, yeah, they went to Boston Gardens over two games, 
and filmed it. Yeah, those are were, all real people. Bobby Orr's in. That's a Bobby Orr. That's Bobby. That's what I mean. Uh, the first time you go, you shoot yeah, the game. The second yeah. time you go, you shoot the the scene. The scene. So they had no money, and then yeah, it was all very. And then Mitchum said he wanted to do it in three weeks. So a lot of his flubs are in the movie because they had to keep going, that to finish it in three weeks. And it's so, also shot on film, so they can't go back and rewatch. They can't go back and rewatch it. But and, you don't really notice any flubs. Like the flubs yeah. are pretty. It's part of his charm. Yeah, they said like Peter Yates. So he did Bullet, and then he did Robbery, which is a UK film, which is an amazing film as well. It's similar, and then he did Bullet, and then he's done a couple of other movies. But this is one of his favorites. It was Friends of Eddie Cole, um, and Mitchum at the time wanted to like meet uh, Whitey Bulger from the Winter Hill Gang, and they told him they couldn't. It was too dangerous. But Alex Rocco, who's in The Godfather, was. A very low-level member of the Winter Hill Gang at some point. Ah. He was a criminal, and so he introduced him to uh, I think Howie Winter, who was who took who Whitey Bulger took over from. So, and then uh, it's mentioned that the the killing that happens at the end was uh, Peter Yates sought inspiration from anybody, and uh, a couple of the people on the crew, a couple of quote unquote teamsters, walked him through that setup that hit setup so i think someone got pegged that way that's a real life sort of way to do it well it's just again it's so simple and uncelebrated they just get the guy drunk there's no big confrontation you're you're expecting like a big giant confrontation because these two are friends and yeah but it's just like literally i'm drunk it happens almost off screen that's true yeah you don't even see it you just see the bullet go you see like the glass after yeah. But they don't show his... They, you never see his body again. They don't show a bullet hole. Probably couldn't afford to do the effect. No. No, they probably didn't have any money. But it's also like the whole theme of the film is like... It's just every bear. It's it's in our parking lot. It's just on a train station. Yeah. It's so... Just the location. They really pull into a strip mall at one point. Yeah. It's just like everyday blue collar. But it doesn't feel... But what I love about it is that it doesn't feel like they didn't have any money. It just felt like this is the world and they just really leaned into it. Yeah, you know, I think he didn't have much money and they really leaned into that and everything was like, yeah, on the shoulder and very... Yeah, the lo- they're, they're, they're not, it's, was, it's the most unglamorous view of that world and yeah. life I think I've ever seen. Yeah, and I think that's what really appealed to me about it when I saw it the first time. I'm like, it is so probably true to life. Like, these little guys on the bottom, like, trying to scrounge for bucks, right? Like, Eddie Cole is just kind of an epitome of a low-level dealer or criminal, right? If I was to remake this movie, I would so just lean into the farcical nature of some of it and just play up the comedy where it's so, there's not much there, but I just see so, there's so much potential. For especially these guys just screwing each other over, and who's going to fuck over who. Uh, yeah, it's the anti-Goodfellas, right? It just, that's probably closer. Eddie Cole is probably the real deal over Goodfellas. You know, I think, like, some of it is true. It's obviously super heightened, but I feel like most, you felt like more, there are more Eddie Coles out there. This felt real. Yeah, like this, yeah, and because my growing up, my dad was a steel worker, um, and some of the guys he worked with, I think, were casually involved in like low levels of like the Hamilton, the Hamilton mafia, the Hamilton mob. Yeah, yeah, and so I just like I didn't really see anything or hear anything, and and I worked for a heating 
in an air company one summer that was totally some of the jobs we did were for the Hamilton Mafia. And I, I walked into a room one time where there was like I little I went I had to install this um air conditioner and I had to go down to the basement of this new house to uh like run some coil and I come down and there's six guys standing in a circle, just like in a huddle talking to each other, and they turn around, they see me just look and they all just stop talking and they look at me and all I think is this is this is how I die. This is, I walked in. They think I heard something. I didn't hear shit. Didn't hear a fucking thing. I didn't see the plastic on the fall on the walls. Yeah, I just I was just like, uh, do you guys see uh, whatever my boss's name was? They're like, nope. It's like, great. Um, I'm gonna look around for him. Thanks. And I just walked away, going, this that could be it. I think they don't think any. I oh, fuck, fuckity fuck. Uh, so that's my closest that I come. But but it, but it was this kind of thing. Those houses were far nicer though. They, they were yeah. doing much better than Eddie Coyle and his friends. That's right. Eddie Coyle's on the bottom. Yeah, I mean, and I'd spent summers with people in and out of jail, so they were all kind of a lot of Eddie Coyles. Yeah, they'd work in the summer and then go to jail in the winter. Because it's warmer there. Yeah. Steal cars or low-level stuff, right? And then they'd spend all their money on beer and drugs and, yeah, just kind of always on the looking for the next little score. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really... So when did you come across this from? You watched this... A couple times. I came like a couple years ago. I came on through it. And I don't know why. I think I was writing the heist movie. And I started looking up and then found, you know... Went back to Jean-Pierre Melville and then really started getting to there. And then sort of traced it through. And then randomly, Peter Yates... I love Peter Yates. That's what happened. I was watching Bullet. And I had watched Robbery, which got him the Bullet job. Which is this UK film kind of a bit blue collar too about the great train robbery and then um i started tracking down his other movies and then i heard about friends of eddie cole so i grabbed it yeah and i thought oh man this is really good yeah it's pe- fun fun to discover a new film eh? like it's always fun yeah because i was it was funny because i'm thinking it's like peter boyle is barely in this movie why is he second billing probably because he was the, one of the other bigger names yeah but um he has such a small role but he's so good Oh, yeah, yeah, he's so good in this. They're all really good. I mean, they're all, you know, stage actors. I think most of them, and Mitchum is like... Mitchum just is just just, drifting along through this movie. He's not putting any... He's not stealing any scenes, but he's just doing his thing, and it works. Oh, yeah. They consider it, like, one of his best roles, Robert This one? Yeah. (laughs) It's just so... It's just... I don't know. I thought he was... I thought he was really good. I guess maybe it's some trap because you feel like the Mitchums are like the big stars, right? The Clark yeah, Gables yeah. and everything. And then to see him come in and play this schlog. Just, that's just, like, he's just like sleepwalking through the just, whole thing. Yeah. But so is his character. So is his character. Like he just, you know, he just went right into this role and you're like, that is Robert Mitchum. But yeah, he was, yeah, he played it really well. I mean, I think he did. Yeah. And they shot in three weeks. That's, yeah. Three or four. They had him for three weeks. They had him for three weeks. So they had to get through Mitchum's stuff. This is a, this is practically a Canadian film. I know. That's, the other thing that was appealing about it was like, you could make this movie with not a lot of money, right? I've like, made a movie that yeah, was yeah, scale yeah, bigger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it still holds up and there's not a lot of violence in it. It's just, no, the mo- yeah. The, the biggest, and I, th- I thought so at the time, and now, now that I've seen the whole thing, I can confirm the most expensive thing in the movie is when they smash that one car into the other car. That's right. The 
one eighth of a bullet car chase. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Because well, they're both one of them's a nice car anyway, so it's like they yeah. totaled that car. They told the the Roadrunner, and they yeah. probably had one shot at it. Yes, and, and however it was going to go down, that's what they were going to commit to. Yeah, it was interesting, and it, and it was like a gangster movie on really on the strength of its writing and on the strength of yeah. Not not on guns or anything, so it was interesting. They still managed to build some tension and tell the whole story. And they threw you into it. They had no... There was no backstory. There no. There was no... Here's the situation. There was no VO at the top about, you know... Yeah, well, there's even before... Like, I want to talk about that more, but before... Like, just... There's so... There's little, like, low-budget things I noticed where even though there's that one scene where... She clears the breakfast table, brings the cereal boxes in, puts the Apple Jacks and the Rice Krispies on top of the fridge... And then they do the reverse of the room, and the Apple Jacks and Rice Krispies are somewhere else's background. I'm like, they didn't even have props, and they just wanted to fill the frame and make it look lived in, but they used the same boxes. Yeah, they just, and again, I, I thought it was great. And I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Melville, so you can see all of that coming through. Yeah, but you got to pay attention. Like you said, you're just dropped in. You don't know who these people are. No. Even it took me a second. I'm like, I'm just pretty sure that Mitchell was Eddie Coyle. Yeah. Because they don't, they don't I don't think that. they ever call him Eddie Coyle. No, Eddie. It's, he had a jacket that said Eddie on it, and that's, that's how right. I, that's how I knew. Yeah, and but uh, Eddie Four Fingers or whatever. They always have different. That's not names. until way later. That's not until way yeah, later. That's right. Eddie Knuckles, like they give him like sixteen names in the whole film. Yeah, yeah. No, but you just think of the way movies are, and especially this idea of like him sitting down to make this deal with this guy, like the official deal he makes is is that's like the third act. Yeah, that's the beginning. That would be. 12 minutes into a movie made now. That's true. And there'd be a whole setup and a... Yeah. Yeah. And then the second act would be him starting to betray his friends. That's right. Where here it's like that's... He's just kind of casually... But it's just drifting along. You're not even necessarily spending... Like he's the lead character, but he maybe only comprises 50% of the screen time in the movie. Yeah, like Maybe a little Jackie, bit more. We follow Jackie Brown, the dealer, quite a lot, the gun dealer. Yeah, and you follow the criminals as well. Yeah, Peter Boyle going and talking to the cop and betraying everybody. Yeah, yeah. it's it's more of a. I mean, the title reflects that, but it's almost the more of a of a an ensemble film than anything. Yeah, yeah, and just like it's weird. It's like it it holds up a little bit now, right? Because it's almost like Scorsese's last movie. With, with the Hoffa killing was sort of yeah. like playing into the gritty, like the reality of a criminal life and everything. And Eddie Coyle was, did it in 1972. It's true. And it holds up now when we're all watching Succession and we're watching, questioning why we put certain people on pedestals and others we don't. And it's sort of, yeah, shows the, the grim reality of that life. Yeah. And, in a non-violent way, which is in a way kind of worse, right? Do you feel like he, Eddie Coyle had, was on going to go on welfare? They had no money. <laughs> like, I know there's almost there's, there's like no one had any cash. Like it was, what are you doing this for? Well, this almost feels like I don't know. You could do the, a, like a TV series version of this. It's almost a little bit shameless. Yeah, it's kind of like Shameless yeah. meets. But and, more, and, and I guess the Sopranos comes in a little bit, right? Yeah. Shameless meets Sopranos. Sopranos. Yeah. After this TV series that's about, would be. yeah, that's what it would be. It's like the people are a little bit more criminals than the characters in Shameless. Yeah. But they're not great at being criminals either. Yeah, they're on the bottom. Yeah, they're the bottom feeders. Yeah. 
And the cop does the same, right? Like everyone feeds on somebody else to get somewhere. There's no, yeah, which is interesting. Right? The cop turns everybody else and is working corners to get where he needs to go. And everybody's sort of trying to screw everybody. And he's, got, and he's got his guy above him. <laughs> he's got his guy above him and everybody's trying to screw somebody. Because like everyone's saying that and they're like, well, the guys in the next the district weren't impressed. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they weren't impressed. I ratted all my friends like, yeah, maybe you can rat at another one. That's right. That's where I started to see the comedy. My comedy brain was starting to go, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And the betrayal. Like, like the look what? on his face is pretty. Yeah, you put, put Owen Wilson in that part. He's like, but I just betrayed my guy. That's right. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you gotta betray another one. You gotta keep going. I don't have another guy to betray. That was my guy to betray. Yeah, you can see some of the wire coming into that too, right? Like, again... The wire's wire, so good. Yeah, but you can see someone watch this. Because you can see the way that they kind of corner each other. The cop and the and the Eddie Coyle and how they kind of... Oh, it's your decision. It's your decision. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Oh, the wire. I can't wait till my son's old enough to revisit the wire. Yeah, he'll... Yeah, well, tell him. Yeah, it's a just preview of it. All those moments where like McNulty just gets shit faced and tries to refigure out crimes when he's drunk, like when he smashes that car and then tries to back it up to figure out if he can recreate the chaos totally. again. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Yeah. So these are the. Yeah, that was the friends of Eddie Coyle. It was. Yeah, I'm really glad I found it. Kind of. I don't. It's hard because everyone says, oh, we got to make movies like this, like the 70s. And this is definitely one of those case examples where you're like, oh, that's such a... Would we, would we remake a movie like this? Oh, God. I would... This, I would love to remake a movie. This is the kind of thing I would jump on because people don't know it necessarily. Yeah. But you... And I would definitely lean into the comedy and play up of it. the characters more. Because there's so much richness there for it. I think, but also I just love, like, I love movies when every character is just being smart and doing the, the yeah. best thing for them at the time. And just someone isn't being stupid. Uh, and, and it works really, really well. But this is the kind of movie that I'm like, yeah, remake that movie because people don't, like, you wouldn't make re good, remake Goodfellas because people would, there'd be blood in the streets. People would freak out. How do you remake Goodfellas? But this, you can because nobody, I think there's very few people that would have a super strong emotional attachment to the point where there's going to be like someone going, well, you got this character wrong and that character wrong. No one's going to give a shit. Yeah. And there's no idolization, right? That's what I mean. That's yeah. That's like the, the people difference. that know it, respect it and love it. Yeah. But nobody's going to go, eh, you can't, how dare you yeah. do this do with that character? Do you think remake it? You can't remake any of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, the, that's true. You could remake this now and it still hold up probably. I'm sure there, there's Eddie Coles all over. That's just it. Like the, I could, I could just go back and shoot this in the small town where I grew up. Yeah, and it would totally work. Like this remind again. This reminds me of like the upper uh, up the, the upper mountain of Hamilton. Totally. Oh yeah, it's, it's Hamilton. The strip mall. Boston, Hamilton. Yeah, the strip mall. But even going like when, when I when I was a kid, I'd go with my dad to the uh, um, the not the AHL games, but like the uh, the Thai Cats? Thai Cats. CFL? Yeah. And then, then it became... What was the Thai Cat? Not the Thai Cats. Well, Thai Cats, we'd see the Thai Cats. No, I was thinking more of their, their uh, farm team, hockey team. The Hamilton uh, Canucks. It was the Canucks, but before the Canucks, it was something else. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But we'd go to like those games, and so the same... like the, the, those. It's just all that vibe reminded me of Hamilton. Total working class. That's just it, right? Yeah. And they could walk among you. Right? That's what I find is interesting. There's, yeah. They drop you into a world, but it's a world that could happen 
in your own supermarket. Like these people, there you, are no you, doubt people dealing guns in a tra- in a in a, in a grocery store parking in, lot. In a grocery store parking lot. Yeah. That's where it all happened. But even just like that little moment where Jackie Brown is like getting those rifles from the guys at night, and he has them come out of the woods. Yeah. And and you get the sense that there was no big thing that was going to happen to him. Like these were just looked like college kids. Yeah, probably they, like they pro- new got- recruits stealing guns off the army base is what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah, and they were just like tickled pink that they got money and that it worked. But for him, he's like, I'm not going over that fucking hell. Are you crazy? I don't know. You got plan. But either way, you're doing it my way. That's right. You know, and Eddie puts pressure on him and then he folds right away because there's someone above him who's going to know his name. So it's all a topple down effect. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Love yeah. it. Uh, yeah. I, I, and I probably never, this movie was not on my radar at all. So I, I probably never would have seen this if it wasn't for you suggesting it. So thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm glad I found it. I love those treasures that you see in that aren't necessarily taught in film school. No, that's just it. Um, and this one is on the Criterion channel for streaming? Yeah, yeah, it is on the Criterion. Robbery is not. It's held by somebody else. That was Peter Yates' British version. And then Bullet was obviously... I bet you they'll get it on the channel. Robbery will probably get it on the channel at some point. Yeah, I would imagine. For like that's a, short, a really interesting... A short curation? Yeah, that's a really good... F- I mean, based on the train robbery. I mean, the car chase in that is what got him the job on Bullet. The car chase through London, no less, is incredible. And the camera, and it's just amazing. And that's kind of a blue-collar tale, too, actually. He kind of sticks in... Peter Yates kind of sticks in this area very... Very well. blue-collar very well. Yeah, and they did some other things called The Dresser and a couple of other movies that kind of fell away from this genre. But those were kind of the three... Robbery, Bullet, and Friends of Eddie Cole, if you want to see, sort of. Yeah, I love crime films, and I, if I was ever going to make a crime film, like it would be closer to this. Yeah, mostly because it's just that's the kind of budget I'm probably going to have, but also it's just, you know, it's character, it's there's nuance there. There's so much fun that can be had with that. Yeah, people just trying to get by, right? Like that's ultimately what it is, right? Well, the clo- I guess you know the closest I made that, that was my movie, The Go Getters, was, was kind of a version of, of this in that world, but not crime. Just more... Yeah. I mean, one of the bank robbers oh, from the 20s, what did he say? Crime pays, but it don't pay much. Yeah. And that's basically it's what It's a grind. It, it's still a job. It's a grind. They got to go back and do another job. There's no, and that's just it. In real... That's, again, I love that there was no one big heist they were working towards. That's like, this is the one we all retire off, because that's not a thing. Yeah. You know, people don't really... There's always... Because... People that live in that world, you know, they might end up with a mountain of money, but they'll spend it as fast as they earned it. Yeah, or went to prison, right? That's what I thought the character, right? When he say, yeah, well, they got a quarter of a million, so now he's measuring out how much they're going to prison for it. And so, yeah, that's very matter-of-fact, blue-collar, basic yeah. crime, yeah, which was interesting to see on screen. And just following, like, that line of, you know, this guy, even just, like, just doing the math on these guns, like, this guy bought them for this much, and then he's going to sell them for that, and just trying to figure out, like, who, who's screwing who? Just all those little details. Like, you, you watch this, and you're like, whoever wrote this knows this world. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the writer, he was an attorney, a district, he was a reporter, and then he became, like, an di- assistant district attorney. 
George Higgins. And so he wrote, I have the book, I haven't read it yet. There's this, Eddie Friends, Eddie Cole, he wrote a couple of other sort of bestseller crime books. Uh, very much like Elmore Leonard, like before him. So he's not as well known, surprisingly, but yeah, he, uh, they, they said he knew the world really well. Yeah. Well, he's, he's a beat reporter, right? Same with Simon of the Wire, right? Like there's yeah, a through yeah, yeah. line. The, they knew the world really well and they wrote it as such. Yeah. Yeah, which makes all the difference, I guess. Yeah. What are some of your other favorite crime films? Uh, Le Doulos, which is brilliant. I don't know that. Oh, Jean-Pierre Melville, um, who did Bob. Yeah, I know Bob Le Yeah, there. I have that. I have Samurai. That. Yeah. Samurai. Uh, Le Doulos is a really great film about, again, kind of about betrayal. Um, that's a great one. Jackie Brown is a great one. We're going to do this. We might do this. It's the silent partner, the Canadian version. Uh, what other great crime films? Man, a lot of the French ones did really good. Yeah, Melville's where I'm at doing right now. I'm doing a lot of them, of a lot of his films to see uh, how they kind of... Bob, Ledulos is really good. So you're steeped in this world. because I'm steeped in this world. Asian cinema, obviously, a lot of the Hong Kong films. Yeah. But again, we talked about... I've, we've done one, I think, with you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what did we do? We did Hard Boiled, I think, yeah. right? Woo. yeah. Wu loves John P- Jean Pierre Melville ripped off everything from him, <laughs> so it's all sort of the small circle of filmmakers. So Melville obviously ripped off all the gangster movies of the '30s and sort of stylized them, yeah, and made and heightened them like Bob and made them sort of French sexy like crime. And then John Wu loved Melville and literally the duster coat and the hat like Wu wore the same. So J- Melville used to wear a big cowboy hat and glasses sort of the Clint Eastwood style and then Wu did the same so yeah they all kind of copy of each other Yates comes from there and then Tarantino does the same thing so it's just a small circle of these films which is kind of cool but people were bringing each other off reinventing other little things reinventing everything and it's kind of cool and also kind of interesting where you see like oh man that's just a complete ripoff of that, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. And, and because to your point, no one knows this, so you could t- totally take it and then make it your own, and no one would know otherwise unless you were a super fan. That's just it, right? Right? Yeah. You can and you can see how this, like, just like the like I see those two characters here. My those are the two characters in Pulp Fiction, and you're probably not wrong. Yeah, your instinct is probably not wrong. Like that's kind of Melville was like that. Everyone, how, how would that? Yeah, it. how would that robbery go? And Tarantino wrote it. Yeah, and that's exactly how it would go down. Totally how it would go down. Yeah. So, yeah. I love this genre. I think it never goes out of style. And it's always... It's a great way to explore the world. Yeah. In a heist movie, right? In a, and Melville does the same. They're never big. They're never sort of the Scorsese or the, the gangster films, I guess. So that's... You know, and Peter Yates is British, right? So it's always, you know... You're an outside looking in, right? Yeah. No, it works yeah. really well. No, it looks, it looks, yeah, you're reinterpreting what you think the crime genre would be, but you're from the outside, right? Totally. Uh, totally subverting all expectations. So, yeah, so the, for those who have listened to this and not seen the movie and are, you know, abide at all our spoilers, it's, it's a slow burn. Like, it's not, it takes its time, but when the little moments where it ratchets up and the crimes are going on, it's just fascinating it's all fly on the wall stuff 
and they don't really like for the, if you love like Primer as a science fiction film, this is kind of like that as a crime film where you're just dropped in. They're not going to explain shit to you. You just uh, you're following along, and if you miss it, you miss it. But you're picking up. You just got to pick things up. Yeah. It's just a classic 70s crime film. The Conversation, Gene Hackman, yeah. right? Like all of these films that were made at a period in time. No, it doesn't have that like that modern day formula where like, you're dropped in and and you're like, uh, uh, into Act 2, this is the inciting incident, this is the midpoint. This yeah. Is the, like, there's none of that going on at all. You're just following along. And there's definitely like a beginning, middle, and an end. But you don't know where this is going. No, and you, it's not built in for a 30-second attention span, right? Like, it's very slow burn. Yeah. But a lot of those, a lot of movies were. Yeah. More than back, we remember, I think. Back when we had an attention. Back when we had an attention span and there was nothing else to do. <laughs> no phones. No. You just sat through a movie and better or for worse, right? Like uh, Blockbuster, right? Yeah. We were the last where you got to finish the movie because you rented it. So Exactly. Right? You're in it to win it. Yeah. So, right? You, you didn't have that five minute period. There's so many. And I was never that person. I'd, I'd finish every single thing I started. Yeah. But I will say in the last couple of years, I, I, I've been guilty of going, you know what? I'm not, I'm not into this. I'm not going to finish it. You're not going to finish it. Yeah. But back in the day, you would watch it because you paid three bucks to rent it. That's right. And you had to rewind it at the end. So yeah. you're going to get through it no matter what. Uh, final thoughts on the Friends of Eddie Coyle? Ah, just a, a great movie and, and a discovered gem by some, undiscovered by others. Uh, a different style of filmmaking that we don't see anymore. Outside of indie filmmakers. Yeah, outside of indie And sort of satisfying. It's kind of a satisfying movie when you're done with it. It sticks with you, a bit sticks with you, and you just kind of feel like, yeah. No, this is one of those ones where it's like, I'd be able to pull references from... Yeah. Because it speaks to, like, the kind of filmmaking that I I enjoy and the kind of the level that, we, you know, we kind of make here in Canada. So I, I really appreciate it from that, that point of view. Yeah, those are criminals who might just be with you when you're doing your Costco run. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Joe Pesci won't be in Costco, but Eddie Coyle might. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Well, thanks for coming over, man. Yeah, always. Thanks for having me. Let's all go Thanks for joining us for the Friends of Eddie Coy. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.